Leopard Air War, the voice of the jungle, broadcasting on the DVC to all points unknown. If you're within the sound of my voice, you're listening to Welcome Home Podcast on the DVC. Thank you for joining us on episode 245 of Welcome Home, a Disney Parks and Vacation Club podcast. I'm Tom, here with Trevor and special guest host Brian, our our, our old friend, I would say. Brian, you've been <laughs> on our show. I've been on yours. I don't know if anybody else on the show has been on yours, but I've been on your show. Um, but Brian's the one half of the DCL duo, right, With that you do with your wife. Right, that's right. Yeah, we are the... DCL duo, we are big, big, big Disney Cruise Line fans. Uh, we just hit Pearl status on Disney Cruise Line and uh, only started. Is that the highest status you can get as Pearl? It is 25 plus cruises uh, wow. since 2018. January 2018 was our first cruise. That's, so, wow. yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. That's we are now cruises. We're pumping the brakes. We're pumping the brakes a little bit. <laughs> now, <laughs> that got, now that we got there, and we're, we're actually branching out to try a few other cruise lines uh, this upcoming year. And uh we'll be covering on our show here in the next couple of weeks we're taking our first adventures by disney we're headed over to europe to do a river cruise with adventures by disney so yeah oh nice that'll sound, that'll be awesome yeah, yeah I, I i marvel at the amount of content you guys put out <laughs> <laughs> it has guys, uh yeah. it has gone from hobby to part-time job uh and uh <laughs> yeah but it's it's fun we we love chatting with disney cruise line fans actually all over the world we recorded uh this morning with uh someone from the uk and i was talking to someone in australia yesterday about their experience with disney cruise line down under and so uh so yeah we love uh love chatting disney cruise line with just about anyone who wants to talk about it yeah it was it was funny trevor because i i reached out to brian and we had been talking about having him on uh for a little bit here and and Early November, we we skipped a couple shows because we had some had some stuff going on, and uh, so I, I just reached back out to him, and he's like, "I'm not I'm not super up on park stuff. Uh, <laughs> I guess you've been focused completely on on cruise stuff, right?" So <laughs> yeah, we 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 primarily well, I would say we 100 percent cover Disney Cruise Line. Uh, we do uh, some shows on Adventures by Disney. Um, the tagline for our podcast is kind of cruising elevated. So we try to focus on some of the higher end experiences on Disney Cruise Line at times to give folks kind of voyeuristic, like what's going on in those experiences. But yeah, we we have hit our niche and we're sticking with it. Disney Cruise Line kind of all the way and uh, occasional forays into Adventures by Disney. And then some shows that we do comparing other cruise lines to Disney Cruise Line. So folks who've sailed on both come on and talk to us about what the uh, other experiences are like out there. Nice, nice. Trevor, were you going to say something? I'm sorry. Uh, no, no. I I, I guess the, the hard part for me is that I don't know anything about Disney Cruise Lines because, <laughs> you know, we've talked about it before that yeah. I like we're not going to do a cruise. But, you know, you know, you made the point, you know, it, it is very interesting that, you know, you get to share all this stuff that you do because, yeah, for people like me that will probably never get on a cruise, I do occasionally like to go and look and see like, oh, you know, what is, you know, what's up with this ship or, you know you know, where they're going on this cruise and stuff like that. So yeah, it's, it, it is, it is interesting that, uh, that there is so much stuff to talk about with cruise line that I, I feel like it doesn't get as much visibility or, or maybe, maybe this is just me and, and you know, how the algorithms work on the internet, but it, <laughs> it feels like, it feels like there's not enough people talking about it, which, you know, like you said, you know, it kind of, it works in really, really well for you that, yeah, you know, there is this niche that you can, you can fit into. Like two right? of you. Right. There's like two main DCL podcasts. It's you and uh 
and uh oh why am i forgetting his name he's been on our show too oh, oh steve, probably probably steve or steve. But there's yeah. yeah there's there's a there's a growing list of them i'd say the the three biggest ones are uh our our podcast uh steve creasy over at the dcl podcast yeah. who has been yeah uh, is a friend and mentor of ours and then um uh, a guy named Wes who does the DCL Dude podcast, and he's been around for a long time as well. So there, there's three of them. There's some new entrants. The guys over at Rope Drop Radio who cover the parks uh, have a podcast now called Rope Drop on Deck, uh, kind of covering cruising. So yeah, so it's a it's a fun little community to be a part of, and we all we're all friendly with each other and kind of share tips and tricks and <laughs> verify things in the background <laughs> that are going. <laughs> so so yeah, and I was gonna say, Trevor, to your point, we actually had a listener write in about six months ago now, or maybe a little, maybe a year. Uh, she, uh, has a, has a medical condition that, I mean, she just will never be able to cruise, but loves Disney. And she listens to our show cause she loves to live vicariously and hear what it's like to sail on a cruise because she can't go herself. So there you go. That, there you go. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, we were talking a little bit about the show uh, or before the show. And, uh, you know, we talked about this weeks ago when it was, when it was released, but, like I so badly want to go on that new ship and go in the twenty thousand leagues room. I want to go in the haunted mansion room. I I want to I want to go to all these places on that new ship. Like I I'm, I'm we're we're scheduled to do a a, a trip in twenty twenty five, and uh you know I I really would like to to check that one out if that's if that ship is sailing by the time we go, which I think it is right. I think that ship's going to be launched. It'll be out. Uh, yeah, yeah. We're on the maiden voyage, which is. Uh which is uh, over Christmas this upcoming year, 2024. So she will be okay, out okay. and sailing uh, for the 2025 season. Uh, and yeah, we're, I am beyond excited to see the 20,000 under the league sea 20,000 leagues under the sea. Exactly bar. The sea. <laughs> yeah. I am. I, I that, that's the first time Disney will have themed the pub space, something other than a, like a British pub. Uh, so I'm, I'm really interested to see what they do with that. Uh, and yeah, super excited. Oh, they have yeah. a, Haunted Mansion, the Skipper Bar on board. I will just say this. I will say this. These ships have been super divisive, uh, and you know they've they've demoed a lot, or you know previewed a lot of experiences, even on the Wish. That then, when they executed on them, did not live up to kind of the previews they gave. So we're just all all of us Disney Cruise Line fans out here, kind of fingers crossed that they fully execute on these experiences that they've been showing off uh coming up because i think that will make or break some of these bar spaces and, and restaurants and things like that so, yeah. so i'm assuming you've been on the wish right it's i've Many i've times. seen mixed things about the wish it, it do i mean are you on the side of liking that because i've seen a couple people say it was one and done for them which i was surprised by because everything i've seen about it looks amazing but i i don't i'm also not a disney cruise line expert so like like trevor so <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, so we actually we were on a we did a, a live show with another uh, content creator, and our show is titled "In Defense of the Wish." I think because we actually <laughs> we actually really like the Wish. I mean, I sir, I hear there is a lot of vitriol out in the community. There's people we've talked to who've sailed Disney Cruise Line for you know since the magic came out in 1996, I think it was, uh, who are like, I will never set foot on that ship. I've never been on that ship. I don't want to be on that ship. You know, that sort of thing. And and I hear that. I will tell them they should all realize that their love affair with Disney Cruise Line has an expiration date then because Disney's not going to like build ships that look like the old ships anytime soon. They're following the industry train of bigger and bigger. But we love the Wish. Uh, the Kids Club on the Wish, one of the best, the, the best kids club in the Disney fleet, like hands oh, down. Nice. Uh, our son 
if we went on one of the other ships, he'd go in the kids club for a while and be like, take me out, take me out. And we put him on the wish. And he's like, can I stay like another hour? Is that okay? And we're like, have at it, my friend. Uh, day, all day. <laughs> yeah. There are some, there are some fair criticisms of the wish. Um, you know, I, I think look, storage in the staterooms is a real problem. Uh, and if they don't fix that for the treasure, it's going to be even more of a problem because the treasure is going to be doing longer sailings. The, pool deck people complain about a lot i don't think the main pool area is bad i think it's great i actually like the tiered setup i think there are some challenges that they're having with um you know folks with mobility issues um but otherwise i think it does a really nice job of breaking up the crowds um the biggest complaint that a lot of folks have is that the adult pool area is awful and i i share their complaints and they have not fixed that on the treasure it's very small it's very remote uh, it's tucked away. It gets full quickly, so you're not getting you know bigger areas for adult. They, pool, they needed pool a bigger stuff. area, but unfortunately, you know, in the way ships are designed, they're kind of locked into a design strategy for this. You know, for these uh, Triton class or Wish class ships, and so we don't see it changing. A lot of people have complained about the fact there's so on most of the ships there's a continuous promenade deck on deck uh, three or four. I, I get it confused. Um, on the wish there isn't uh it's it's you you can walk back and forth on that deck and then up a set of stairs for a brief period to another deck and then up a set of stairs to go all the way out the front of the ship uh but it doesn't take you back to the ship so you can't run around the outside of the ship which a lot of people missed uh, so you know but gotcha, again gotcha. that's not changing <clears throat> but i think the trade-offs are you know a lot of really interesting and fun spaces um on board a grand atrium that's sort of unrivaled in the uh the other ships uh just beautiful decor and and lots of really interesting guest experiences so we re- we really like it yeah yeah i it's it's interesting to me how polarizing that one has been because i've i've seen people say that they they don't like it and i was like oh that's surprising to me <laughs> well well there's a new ship coming that's even more polarizing which is the disney adventure and so <laughs> like if people don't like the wish and the treasure uh the adventure is uh is deeply polarizing in the community right now because that's the ship that uh that chapek uh, picked up out of uh, bankruptcy, essentially. Oh, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, yeah. We talked about that one that a few months nothing. ago. Yeah, yeah. They got it for well. It's interesting. They got it for a steal, but if you hear the amount of money that they're probably going to have to put into it to into it, yeah, yeah, to retrofit it for Disney. Uh, you know, I sometimes wonder, like, did they really get a bargain on this thing? So, um, why do people care about that though? It's not even going to be in the states, right? Sorry, Trevor. <laughs> yeah, I think there is. I think there's hope that they will get it over here at some point. Uh, I, I don't think that they will. I think it will be designed specifically for that Asian market. But it, if you look at the renderings, I think people are reacting to Disney has a look and feel to its ships that are very unique and brand oriented, and there's a brand language to the ships. This one is feels more like, well, let's just kind of slap the brand on like a Carnival Cruise Line ship. <laughs> and it did so it it just it doesn't sit well with people. One of one of the big design choices is in the original renderings, they had six funnels on the top of the ship. So uh pairs uh, uh two pairs, three down the line of the ship. They've now reduced it to four, but still four four funnels. It just looks weird. So <laughs> Yeah, this, what were you gonna say, Trevor? I'm sorry. I, I was I was gonna say I, I get the feeling that, you know, them buying that ship, it was one of those you know, Chapek bought it because it looks good on paper that, hey, you know, we saved cost on manufacturing because we got the ship for cheap, ignoring the fact that, yeah, it's going to take a lot of money to to retrofit it Yeah, um, because that's next quarter. Right. You know, nobody cares about that. <laughs> that's uh, the next but, quarter problem. <laughs> but, but, but the funny thing is, is that it as you were talking about, I realized that they kind of did the same thing with um, Pixar Pier uh, or not um, or Paradise Pier Hotel. Sorry. 
Um, yeah. or, yeah, well, you know, Brian, or, you're a Disneyland guy, right? Because you're yeah. West Coast, so you're a Disneyland guy. Yeah, and, oh, and I'm sure you stayed at Paradise Pier, right? Like you, or before it got redone. Um, we have not stayed there. We have only stayed oh, okay. at the Grand Cal and the Disneyland Hotel when we've gone down. Oh, you're lucky. Because yeah. um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, we did have one stay at Paradise Pier. And it was exactly that where it, because it, it was a it was a hotel owned by a, a Japanese company. And you could tell where it like like the way that the elevators were designed, the rooms, everything. You could see where Disney like tried to fit in the Disney feel but it didn't feel right because it didn't feel like every other Disney property. And, and it like that actually really turned us off of yeah. like, we, we never wanted to go back there again because it was just not a good experience. And, you know, for them to do an entire ship in that same vein, yeah. like <laughs> uh, I, I don't know how well that's going to go over either. But I mean, yeah. the fact yeah. that they're not bringing it to the States tells me that they're trying to just be like, well, maybe that market won't care. <laughs> you know I, I mean, I I mean think- that, that's a gamble still because they're, you know, the Asian market cares just as much as we do yeah. about Disney. Like, <laughs> Well, we've, we've heard, you know, so one, we've heard through the sort of the, the grapevine out there that uh, the Disney cruise line folks were not happy with this decision, but it was sort of, forced on them uh but but the other thing we've you know there's a big debate in the community around you know so this is a ship that's sailing the asian market uh those cruise lines typically build ships specifically for that market um and there's some cultural you know differences like folks sailing out of asia expect there to be a casino on board uh and we're hearing that disney probably won't do that they won't they may not have a casino on this ship or we're hearing more than likely than not they won't and so I don't know. It's it's an interesting time right now. Disney's really expanding its reach. You know, they've always sailed in Europe, right? But now they're starting to expand into Asia with these cruises coming out of um, you know Australia, New Zealand, uh, ship permanently home port ported in uh, in Singapore. Uh, I think there's some. I think there's some in the the community who are looking like, oh, so this is my opportunity as an American to go over and experience these places. But when you start to look at the itineraries and the setups of the ship, like that's not. They're really catering to the folks in those markets, not to us here in the States. So not to to American tourists. Yeah. 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 Well, you piqued my interest on what a Disney casino would look like now. (laughs) (laughs) And and I will say this, there is zero (laughs) chance that you see Mickey Mouse in a Disney. But, you know, like that's the that's the thing is it can't be like Donald Duck slot machines and stuff like that, because that would just so degrade. But but it'd be Scrooge McDuck. Like, no, it would would have to be Scrooge, right? It it would be villains. It, like, oh, yeah. when, oh, like, like a big Chernabog over top of the slot machines. <laughs> <laughs> or so I'm just taking my money. <laughs> yeah. There's, I, I feel like you'd have to have at least a couple blackjack dealers dressed like Gaston. Um, you know, <laughs> 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 oh, Dr. Facilia is the cooler of the table, you know? Like, oh, yeah. Ooh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I was just imagining oh, some I, sort I, of. This is, this is a horrible thought <laughs> process that we're going through. <laughs> <laughs> I love this idea. <laughs> I, I'm I'm all about it. Let's do it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they would never do that. I mean, Chapek might have done it, but I feel like Iger would. <laughs> but yeah. Um, yeah. you know, 
anyway, so I listen. I'm glad we got to talk about cruises a little bit because uh, I know this is you know your expertise. Not that parks and DVC are not your expertise, but uh, oh, I, I expressly uh, disclaim any expertise in parks and DVC. We go we go a lot, so we know more than yeah. the average person. But yeah, we always tell folks on our show if you're if you want information and news about parks or other topics for Disney, we are not your source. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's okay. we're not we experts go- either. We just kind of figure yeah. it out as we go. So we yeah. we strive to be as accurate as we can, but uh, you know, it's always with a grain of salt because sometimes we do say wrong things but that's okay um but yeah and i'm definitely listen before i I have not been on a disney cruise yet it is a a disney blind spot for me and uh but i we are planning on doing it my daughter's only five right and so we're we're waiting till she gets a little bit older just because they're so expensive and we want to you know want her to appreciate it of course so we're going in 2025 for sure um so i'm definitely going to come your way for advice (laughs) when that when the time comes so Yes. I, I, you know, I should have asked you both just really fast as I, I'm curious. And again, I think I mentioned off air, I'm behind in my backlog of shows. But, uh, you know, did you all experience the first ship that Disney has ever decommissioned, which is the Halcyon? Uh, I will just say we went on that. It was one of our most amazing Disney experiences ever. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's actually that's that's oh, good. Yeah. So you got to do the Star Cruiser. You did it like right at the end, too. Right. Or, or you, you didn't you do yeah, it before we did. it closed? Yeah, we we did it right before it closed. We got off the experience, and my my wife, who is one of the most, I love her. She's one of the most frugal people, uh, and she said that was worth every penny. And as we were in the nice. pool at the Riviera, like the day uh, the day we disembarked, she's she's like, let's see if we can find another date to get back on. That experience was so wow. amazing. So um, uh-huh. I'm really sad that I'm really sad it's gone. I'm sitting here surrounded by Halcyon memorabilia. Actually, I kind of went <laughs> all in on that. Um, but yeah, it's. Uh, it was an amazing, uh, an amazing experience. I think it even outrivaled Disney Cruise Line, if I'm honest about it. Wow, wow. I mean, I've I've heard that, right? Like, I heard all the reviews that 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 it was incredible. It's it's just like, I mean, it, it seemed like it was always destined though to like just not make it because of how small it was, and yeah, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, that, not sustainable, right? That's the yeah. only problem. Yeah. The, well, the the most the, the the comment I loved the most as they closed it was someone said, "Look, a company can be true to kind of profits, but a company can also be true to its brand mission. And companies sometimes make decisions in furtherance of their mission. And if Disney's mission is experiences that delight and bring magical moments and all of this sort of stuff, the Halcyon had that in spades. And so I think yeah. there was an opportunity for them to sort of step back and say, like." This is an experience that may not make money quarter over quarter, but it's a place where we can test new ideas. We can use new technologies in a small and controlled way and offer guests kind of an experience that they're just not going to get anywhere else. But, yeah. you know, obviously, that was not the decision of the day under the uh, the leadership of uh, Chapek. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. so here we are. Yeah. Here we are. <laughs> yeah, I, it's, it is unfortunate. I, I do think it's cool that they actually did it and they tried something like that because it was, you know, it, it was a big swing they took. I mean, that's, that's a huge swing that they took they essentially invented a new category of hotel i mean you know that that didn't really exist before uh and and to to take that kind of swing and you also have the problem too though just of you know you have star wars fandom but it is limited right like eventually you're gonna run out of star wars fans and of course you know it was so expensive that you have you have star wars fans and then of those star wars fans who can afford to to do it right so it's it's yeah population's almost a little limited you know but i yeah 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 yeah, I mean, I, I will just say this last thing I'll say on it is it, I think it was a failure of marketing on Disney's part because one of the things they did that was really nice is it's it's more like 48 hours of dinner theater. That's what it's like with a Star Wars theme. And Star when Wars. you got on board, they would tell you like, you don't need to know anything about Star Wars, right? Like, like this is like, yes, this fits in the canon somewhere, but it's not like you have to get everything right. And interesting when we got on board, 
we had a blast end to end and i don't i uh, there were lots of people who had done it who were we're casual star wars fans i should say that yeah, that's yeah. weird we're, ca- we're like i enjoy the movies i don't read the books i haven't kept up to date with all the various TV i'm the same shows, as you brian i'm completely yeah. casual i, I like yeah. it I, but i'm not I dipped out of star wars fandom because it just got to be too much like yeah, yeah. <laughs> i mean our, our, i'll just say that our favorite mo- like if they had marketed it as an experience I think it would have. I think it got a moniker as a Star Wars hotel, and that's where it just yeah. completely started to fall apart. But like, I'll just give you the one anecdote I had off of the sailing that was amazing. Uh, we were sitting at dinner. We were a party of three, so there's an empty chair at our foretop, and they have these characters. And one of the characters is a uh, first order, you know, lieutenant who's kind of you know the the villain of the cruise. And we're all having dinner in the main dining room, and one of the characters is giving her big concerts or whatever. And this, you know, villain character kind of comes in because he's actually a fan of her music and whatnot, and is watching. And he's wandering <laughs> through the dining room, and he sits down at our table. He just sits down at our table, and the server comes over, uh, and she's like, "Oh, you know, Lieutenant Croy, let me bring you a plate in a place setting." And he's like, "No, I won't be eating. I only eat my power bars that weren't brought on the ship, right? You know, kind of thing, or you know, whatever it was." And and he's sitting there. He's he's kind of you know dancing to the music a little bit in his chair, talking to my wife. You know, asking questions of my son. He sat with us for 30 minutes uh, at our table, just the three of us. And I I looked at that when we got up from dinner. I was like, in what other place at Disney would a character sit with you for a half hour and give you that experience? Yeah. 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 No, it's totally true. That's totally true. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, (laughs) well, we got to talk about the big DVC news uh, and, and that Trevor has mixed feelings about. And I was actually, I'm actually surprised that the, polarizing nature of the opinions of this um i it did seem like more people were in favor than than against but Mm -hmm. uh so the uh annual uh hoa the the association meeting was uh just what a couple days ago now and as part of that they have uh somebody asked i guess uh whether the new polynesian tower will be part of the existing condo association or it will be a new condo association which we've talked about on the show many times right we've we've asked dvc resale market what they think is going to happen and it was confirmed that the tower will be part of the existing association. So, I mean, Trevor, I know that you're a huge poly guy, right? But like, I feel like this is a, a benefit to you, right? Like, you're the value of your contract just like went up, like <laughs> to me. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it, it did, uh, but that's only if I'm planning to resell my contract. Well, yeah, you're not, not. going to. Yeah, no. Yeah. But if you had to, though, your contract's more valuable now, right? I mean, it's true. Um, <laughs> and you have more flexibility. You can stay in a bigger room if you want now. But I don't need to. That's <laughs> <laughs> so. So yeah, th- th- this is the whole problem that I have with yeah, yeah. this. And, and yeah, I, unfortunately, I'm you know great. You know, it's great that it is there. And and you're right. I don't mind the fact that there are options now. Um, I think at the most, I you know, in the future, I may look at a one bedroom. But we like my family's small we only need the studios like we don't need to to go up to a bigger room right as your son gets older though it might be nice to have that separate bedroom don't you think like you know yeah but but i mean we we've we've traveled enough and and the way the poly um uh studios are set up they've got like the the one and a half bathrooms so like yeah yeah you know we we have there's enough space in the studios that like I, i get what you're saying about you know having you know private space and all that but you know, we as a family, like we can make we can make use of the studio as it is. The The thing that I don't like or, or my couple of concerns around this are there's obviously going to be a bunch of people. You know, I've already seen, you know, people are buying up poly contracts because oh, yeah. they, you know, they know that they're going to be, you know, they're going to be able to capitalize mm. on on this um, 
on the the new tower and everything. Yeah, I'm worried that it'll potentially make it harder for me to get a studio because of it, because, you know, there will be more people competing for that. I'm also wondering what this is going to do to the dues for the poly when it's done. That's a good question. Yeah, that is a good question. so I, I'm not against it. I'm like, I'm, and th- this is where my mixed feelings come in is that, you know, I'm, I'm like, yeah, it's good that they're giving more options to the poly because it did definitely need it. I, I agree that, you know, we were missing the one bedrooms and the two bedrooms. Uh, but I'm worried what the, um, what impact that's going to have, like for, for stuff, like I said, the dues and stuff, because like, for me, I'm, I found that nice space where like the poly, I have enough points. I know um, I know what to expect from it, and this is kind of shaking it up a little bit, right? So we'll have to wait and see. Do you think the addition of so I, I I see in the notes here that they're adding like the duo studio concept from you know or tower studio concept into the new tower at Poly? Yeah, like, yeah. Mm-hmm. I wonder if that yeah. helps you, Trevor, because those those are high competition rooms at uh, Disneyland and the Riviera. Right. And yeah. I wonder if your yeah. competition, like there's people who would otherwise book studios who are now going to be going after those rooms instead. And so you might have a little window of opportunity for better studio availability. I don't know. That, that I also a think there's point. There'll I be a shine on the new building that. for a while, though, too. Right. So people are going to want to yeah. stay at the new building and not at the old buildings. Right. Like that's yeah. you're going to get a lot of that, too, I feel like. Yeah, I, I guess that's good, too, because um, people don't know the secret of Morea that it's like, <laughs> it, it, it's it's the best building because of how close it is to the TTC. But no, like people don't think about stuff like that. They're like, oh, you know, I want to stay at the poly and, you know, I want to stay over here. And it's like, yeah, that's great. But it's on like the other side. And to yeah. get around, you're either walking over to the Grand Floridian to get on the monorail or you're walking all the way back through the poly, which doesn't sound bad except that when you've done a whole day in any of the parks and you just want to get back to your room that that extra you know mile sorry i, I almost said kilometer i know <laughs> sorry but but yeah you know that, that extra you know there's extra you know two kilometers of walking uh, you know six miles whatever <laughs> um uh you know you know you don't want that right so yeah, that's fair but but you're right you, you know it, it is going to be the new shiny thing for a while but yeah. like i said i i'm just thinking like I'm always looking like way far into the future, how that could impact me and the immediate impact's not going to be there, but I wonder what it's going to look like in, you know, three to five years with, I, with our poly contract. Right. I will tell you it's, I mean, when I, when we were just there, right. For the one day I went by it on the monorail and that, that building is big, man. I, it was way bigger than I thought it was going to be. It's, and it's tall. Like I could see it mm-hmm. from magic kingdom. Like we could see it from, uh, places in Magic Kingdom. It's it's a pretty big building. So I'm almost wondering, because I know you like your lake view. Like there's probably gonna be some really nice lake view rooms in there where you get an even better view because you're only you can, you only have two floors that or what two floors or three floors? That, it's three floors. It's three. Okay. Yeah. So you're talking, you know, you can get much higher. You can even get a better view uh from up there if you wanted to. I mean I you know yeah, but yeah I, I guess. <laughs> but I, I just wanted to pull up really quickly here. So in November <laughs> the average resale price of a uh poly contract was one forty eight according to a DVC resale market. I just popped up their current listings They've got one going for 163, one going for 171, 170, 170, 170, 180. So it's our, I don't know if it's already had an effect on prices or if these are just, uh, you know, people that are shooting for the stars price wise. I, I but, feel like the prices have been just gradually cr- climbing over months. Oh, yeah. Like you know, it, yeah. People have been kind of like hedging their bets that this was going to get rolled into the current poly. Um, contracts. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah. Are they are they Brian, adding 
Are they are they adding a restaurant in this tower? Because like the one thing that would yeah, concern me about the setup. Yeah. Okay, that's good because they did not do that with the Disneyland tower, and I think it's just a super bad decision because you're oversubscribing the restaurants there at the Disneyland hotel even more than they already are, right? And so yeah. that yeah, that would be my concern is if you're adding capacity without adding more food space and things like that, then, you know, Ohana mm-hmm. is going to be a nightmare, right? So, yeah. <laughs> well, Ryan, I, I meant to ask you, and I should have done this, uh, my my due diligence on the show here, uh, What where you guys own at? Because I know you own a bunch of, you own a couple cr- contracts, right? Right. Yeah. So we, um, we bought, our first contract was at the Grand Cal as a resale contract that we bought. Uh, and then we immediately used our status as members, which I know they've changed now, uh, to get some discounts on buying at Riviera. So we own it at Grand Cal, Riviera. Uh, we recently purchased a contract at the Villas at Disneyland Hotel. Uh, nice. And we have a fixed week contract uh, for week 52 out at El Lani. So, yeah. Nice. Oh, wow. So where do you guys usually stay when you go to Disney World? Like, where's your, your resort to go to there? I'm proud to say the fan choice number one Riviera this year, apparently. So uh, <laughs> I just saw I just saw the other day someone said that DV, DVC did a fan's choice best uh, DVC resort and it was uh, Riviera. So really? yeah, we stay at we stay at Riviera <laughs> almost exclusively. We love that. Um, we bought there. it very we bought it very intentionally um, because we love the Epcot area uh, resorts yeah. and parks. So, yeah. I mean, you can't beat that dedicated Skyliner station. That's I, I love the Skyliner. It's like my favorite form of transportation at Disney. And to have that dedicated station there is is so nice. <laughs> well, and I love... So the two things we love, we love that Skyliner. We love the um, just the atmosphere of the resort, the music and, yeah, and such. Yeah. It's in the resort. Yeah. And the rooms I are just... Oh, the rooms are just gorgeous. Like we, our son has said at several points, like, I wish we could just live here. And so, oh, thank, you. thank you for that. We, we just cannot. keep getting yeah. buying contracts. Eventually you can. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so, there you go. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, listen, I understand your mixed feelings on this, Trevor. I, I get it. Cause like you, you, it almost felt like Polly was like a, uh, it, not like a hidden, you know, like secret of yours, you know, it's, it's obviously not, but it's, it, a lot of people don't look at Polly, I feel like, and, and this is going to put a lot of attention on it, Polly. It, <laughs> it's funny because I, I feel like Polly kind of gets overshadowed by the Grand Floridian, but then yeah. Polly's in that weird space where it's like, oh, it's, it's a premium resort, but if I'm going to go premium, I'll go for the contemporary or yeah. the Grand Floridian, right? Like, like it's, it, that's what I feel. I, I don't know if that's how everybody feels, but it seems to me like a lot of people have that mentality. And that's kind of why I liked it is like you said, it's, it's not a secret, but it's like, it's not in the spotlight. It's a hidden and gem. That, yeah. It, and <laughs> and yeah. that, and that makes it to me, that's what I love seeing at Disney is like, you know, oh, you can find like something off to the side that people don't know about. Like it's, it's not like a hidden, like you'll never find it, but it's, it's the uncommon thing, I guess, that, uh, that people don't consider. Right. So. Yeah. And, and uh, so our friends over at DVC Resale Market have said that uh, with with this announcement that uh, they're saying that they could see demand for Polynesian contracts uh, surge, potentially driving average prices upwards towards 160 points, uh, $160 per point or higher, which right mm-hmm. now, like I said, the last month it was 148 The last time it was 160 was November 22. So, you know, just about a year ago it was at 160 So, I mean, it's not... Not all that far off from where it was, but um, yeah, it's it is oh, going to be interesting. I wonder how that's going to re- affect right of first refusal as well. Like what, that, this, too, yeah. th- this will be an interesting conversation, I think, with uh, with Derek in a couple of months as to how much Disney's buying back contracts. Because I would assume that they're going to want to, or, or well, they're they're going to probably they're going to be offering up new, um, yeah, 
new contracts, new yeah. contracts right? So people yeah. are going to be able to buy direct to the poly again, which hmm, that's, yeah, that that's a whole, like I so said, there, there's a lot to this. It, it's really more yeah. complicated than I initially thought. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> have, have they said anything about, I assume there's not going to be resale restrictions on the new tower, especially since it's well, no. part of the contract. Yeah, since it's part of the new, since it's part of the existing association, there won't be the resale restrictions. So, which I, yeah. I think is the biggest benefit of this, right? Yeah, it's going to make it really attractive to people looking to to get in. Riviera is the only one with resale restrictions at this point, right? Like uh, Disneyland Hotel, hotel too, right? Yeah, I thought Disneyland Hotel has it too. Yeah, yeah, I thought yeah, I thought Disneyland Hotel had the same uh, the same restrictions. I will have to go back and read my contract. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it doesn't matter. The, the thing is, I, I assume Brian, you have no intention of selling. Like, no, that's the yeah, thing. Yeah, right. Yeah. So, so you don't really care about that. But yeah, yeah that's I, that's why that's why when everyone was complaining about it, Riviera, I was like, I, I don't care. I'm not. I, if I get to a point where I'm not using it year to year, I'll rent the point so that you you know, someone else can see it. Exactly. Yeah. 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 <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, Trevor and I. So when Trevor and I were down there together uh, a couple years back now, and we walked through Riviera. I've not stayed at Riviera. Is one of the ones. I have not stayed at yet. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just Beach Club and Riviera, the only two uh, that I have left. And uh, I, we just walked through Riviera, and both of us were like, "Wow, this is really nice. Like, we need to yeah. stay here." Like, yeah, it, it is a beautiful resort. I, I, I get why you like it, Brian. Yeah, <laughs> I, I really want to eat at Topolinos too. I've tried to get a couple reservations there, and it is very difficult to get reservations there. It, it is. I will say, best character breakfast on property. So that's amazing. Okay, well, I'm gonna really? have to do that one of these days. Yeah. All right, so on to the next thing. And this actually affects cruises, too, so it's good we have you here. Uh, So everybody, and Trevor, I don't remember who said this on the show, but one of us, I swear, said that this was going to happen. I I don't Mm -hmm. know who it was. I initially thought it was me, but I also don't want to take any credit for anybody else's takes. But so there was a lot of hand-wringing, was a couple months ago now, when the company that makes uh, the H2O bath products announced that they were going out of business and so people were really concerned because, you know, a lot of Disney fans love that H2O stuff. They, you know, people, people hoard those, those little bottles. Yeah, I, I like that stuff. It's, it's good product. They it's have. great. Yeah. yeah. And they have, you know, the different scented ones for that kind of match the resorts and all that stuff. Like, and, and mm-hmm. that's always been a big thing. And so when it was announced that it was going to be discontinued, people were freaking out, right? Cause, oh man, what's, what's, what's going to be replaced with? So it actually turns out that again, this is another piece of news that came from, this is not necessarily DVC news, but it came from the condo association meeting. The uh, pr- vice president of resort operations uh, said basically that Disney bought the rights to the formula for the H2O products and is now going to produce them themselves under the Disney Resorts brand. So H2O lives again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think it's exciting. I mean, it's, it's funny because in our discord, uh, you know, people were saying, well, they're going to try to sell this stuff in stores now. And I'm like, they could. They probably, I mean, they sold, they sell it at the parks and stores. Yeah. They sell it on Shop Disney. But I mean, like, you know, Disney's got partnership with all the major re- retailers. They could probably sell it in Target if they wanted to. People would buy it. Yeah. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if you start seeing it. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I don't it, know which kind of, good. Sorry, Brian. No, it's just, it's, it, I, I saw this story and my first reaction, maybe, you know, a bit controversial was, what Disney chooses to spend money on uh, right now is really fascinating to me. Uh, just, just from the standpoint of like, but bought see, the formula for some soap. Like, like but just, these are legendary <laughs> things amongst Disney fans, though. These are like, I see. I think that this tells me that they listen to fans and that they care sure. about the guest experience. You know, 
You know, at first, well, I think they care about the guest experience when they care about the guest experience. <laughs> that makes sense. Like, um, no, but I mean, I like, they probably yeah. could have gotten free soaps, right? They probably could have yeah. gotten like a deal with Suave and then Suave. Yeah, they could have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They could have partnered with another company and just yeah. moved on, right? They could have had the Coke deal, right? Where they, they, you know, they don't pay anything for the product and they, and yeah. they just get, you know, which, you know, may or may not be true, but. Um, but I mean, I'm sure they could have done that same thing and been like, you know, official supplier of soap at the Disney resorts and cruises and stuff like that, and probably gotten it really, really cheap. And instead, they bought this beloved brand and, yeah. you know, uh, and, and decided to do it themselves. I don't know. I think that that's a good thing, but I get I what think, you're no, saying. I think, right. I think it's a good thing. I just, I, it immediately struck me that like, this is what we're spending the money on right now. Like there, there are <laughs> other things <laughs> these parks and resorts need and we're buying soap formulas. I mean, I'm sure in the scheme it probably of things, didn't cost it's like a, money. yeah, it's a rounding yeah. error. Yeah. yeah. But at the yeah. same time, I was just like this, that, that just, that's how it struck me. I am, by the way, I am Team H two O all the way. We used to have a full stockpile of H two O product. Now on the file, yeah. now on the cruise line, right? You I mean it's like the parks and resorts? We've got the pump things and the showers. Yeah. So it, unless you bring your own thing on, you're not taking any of it home with you. Uh, but yeah, or unless you, but you you can buy it in the um, you buy it the gift shop on board. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah I, I you know I just uh, I you know even to your to your point though, right? Like even if they spent ten million dollars on this, which they probably didn't, but that's like a day of popcorn sales at the magic Kingdom, right? Like, I mean, it's, it's nothing to them, right? Like, so, and for them to continue (laughs) producing it, I'm sure they have already have existing producers that make stuff for them. Like, I'm sure this is like, they paid very little for this to continue doing this. And it probably makes sense for them to bring it in house. I mean, it's, it's probably going to be a little bit cheaper for them. I would think in the long run. Right. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, when I, mean, I, fir- when I, mean, I first saw the news that H2O was closing, my media thought was, I bet Disney canceled their contract and that's what's shutting down this business. So apparently I was wrong there, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. But they, they just sold it to Disney. Yeah, yeah, basically. Yeah. 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 You, you know, I, I feel like, you know, that, you know, Iger saying, you know, that they're investing money into the parks. Maybe this is part this of is it. Like, they, <laughs> this is part of this the 60 billion. This is what they One billion is. of the 60 billion uh, went yeah. towards uh, shower we got, gel. Yeah, we got soap. <laughs> we, got, we got soap. Look, Listen, guys, we don't have a new land, but we got the H2O formula. <laughs> let, let them eat soap. Let them eat yeah, soap. Exactly. <laughs> I bet they got it for like a song. This company went under under completely, right? So they probably yeah. got it for like nothing. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't think I saw the products anywhere else except, I mean, sure, was but I, I just like disney was the only place i ever saw this stuff so yeah yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll be honest i i thought i didn't realize that it was a separate company for a long time because like you said i only ever saw it at disney so i just thought it was like disney's brand i didn't realize that it was it, it was a separate company. company yeah <laughs> yeah which just, i mean that says something right yeah, yeah you know you know i i think they made the right choice in you know the, the company probably realized that it wasn't sustainable for them anymore and you know, figured why not sell it to Disney, right? <laughs> I'm just picturing the factory been- in some. I'm just picturing the factory in some far flung location that is making H2O gel products and Disney ketchup. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, separate lines, right? Or you know, <laughs> we hope, um, we hope. Right, yeah, we hope right yeah. next to each yeah. other. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I you almost have to wonder though if if Disney did kind of put them out of business, like. I could see Disney having like an exclusivity agreement with them saying you only sell your product to us and nowhere else. Right. And like when you're like that, I mean, because Disney can throw their weight around like that. And if they did that, then they I mean, when the park shut down and all of a sudden their their one revenue stream was completely gone. I mean, 
that could have been the reason why they shut down, right? Well, and and even if they had even if they had contracts with other hotels and resorts, right? I mean, during that period of time, nobody's buying stuff from hotels exactly. and resorts. So yeah, even yeah. And the, the other thing, frankly, that can happen to a company like that is you know Disney's trying to cost save if after they reopen, they're driving down the prices with their vendors, but in kind of trying to increase volume. And this company's like, I can't, I can't build capacity to make more if you're paying me less. You know, the, I mean, all of, there's all kinds of business dynamics that could have happened here, but yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. All right, Trevor, why don't we go ahead and do our ad and then we'll get into this. You know, it's funny because some people thought the DVC Fort Wilderness cabins were canceled, but we've got more pictures. We've got new pictures. So all right. and we got permits and all that stuff. So let's let's do our ad and then we'll talk. We'll talk cabins. OK, this week, uh, our sponsor is DVC Resale Market, a world of DVC company that is the leader in the DVC resale industry with 13 former Disney Vacation Club guides and three former Disney Vacation Club quality assurance managers. If you're thinking of buying DVC, browse the largest selection of DVC resale listings anywhere with DVC experts on hand seven days a week to answer your questions. If you're thinking of selling, turn to the friendly professionals at DVC Resale Market, where over 90% of listings sell within 30 days. In 2022, DVC Resale Market helped over 4,400 families join or add on to their memberships. Go to dvcresalemarket.com slash welcome home or call 1-844-DVC-PROS. That's 382-7767. And when you do speak to them, be sure to let them know that Welcome Home sent you. All right. So we got we have a another nice piece of news from the association meeting was... Uh, the, these renderings of what these new cabins at Fort Wilderness are going to look like. By the way, I love the logo that they came up with for this resort. This logo is awesome. <laughs> it's right in the picture the, there. Yeah, yeah, the the um, you got the like the Disney yeah. tower in the background, and then the the cabins with the the tree, the tree and <laughs> yeah. the A. Yeah, like it yeah. just looks yeah. really good. Like it's a good looking logo. I love the individual logos for some of the resorts, and I, I this one is just very cool to me. I don't know. I just like it. Feels it feels kind of like, am I wrong in saying it's like a retro, like almost yeah. feels like a 90s Disney? Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. Yeah. I, so I have to say, I mean, I didn't know really what to expect with these cabins. I mean, I assume they're going to be prefab, right? Like they're going to build them offsite and then just bring them in and hook them up and yeah. bingo. Done. I, I, I feel like look, looking at these renderings, I think I have seen ads for these in my news feeds on some social media as like we have a lot of uh, what do you call it uh, ADUs, uh, you know, backyard kind of can build an additional oh, yeah. dwelling unit. And I feel like I've seen something like this advertised to me as like, I put this up in your backyard as an ADU. So yes, <laughs> definitely, definitely prefab. <laughs> I, you know what though? I like them. I, I, I'm, I'm digging the look of these. I mean, I think they look nice. I mean, they're not super Disney-fied though, right? Like they're, yeah. they're definitely not. Um, I thought the interesting thing, first of all, it's, it's smart to, to, you know, theme them to Chippendale, right? So that's, that's great. Um, but I, I thought the interesting thing of this was, and I don't know if you guys saw this in the notes, but some of these cabins will be pet friendly, which is mm. a first for DVC. And we, we've actually we, we've talked about this topic many times, Trevor, like yeah. years ago about them doing a pet friendly resort. And lo and behold, here we are with with this is going to be the first DVC that's pet friendly. So interesting. <laughs> I mean, it, yeah, it's. Honestly, it's kind of a no-brainer for the cabins because, because they are like it, it's already part of Fort Wilderness, and people do bring their pets to yeah. to Fort Wilderness. So, it, or not, or no, sorry, not Fort, but the the campsite. Sorry, I should. Yeah, well, should no, Fort Wilderness is still correct there. That's the yeah, campsites at but, Fort Wilderness. You're, you're um, <laughs> but yeah, sorry, I didn't. Or yeah, I, I was thinking like Wilderness Lodge, but um, 
Yeah. The, the, the funny thing is, is like you said about these being prefab is like immediately I was like, oh yeah, that's the same Murphy bed that they use in the poly um, studios, well, which listen, I'm guessing and that, that's Riviera. just... And yeah, is at Disneyland Hotel. Yeah. It's the Murphy bed now, right? Like it's like they're they're just like, you know, we have, you know, we bought a hundred thousand of these and just You know what though? Bed. I'm here for it though, man. Like yeah, it's put, it's good. It's a good bed. All the rooms, yeah. right? Like yeah. I put way one better in my than house. the awful couch one. Yeah. <laughs> I put, you put one, one in your house? house? Well, I mean, not not this one. I'm waiting for them to put a QR code on the side of this thing where you can just order one. But uh <laughs> we found a company that makes yeah. a very similar version of this and we put one in our house in our guest room so that the guest room can be kind of a secondary living space and then you pull the bed down it's great i love these beds yeah yeah, no, yeah we, these, yeah, we actually we have a murphy bed in our or we had one installed years ago um for similar reasons as we have it in our room that uh, my wife mainly uses it for scrapbooking but then yeah when we have guests we can uh, we can pull down the murphy bed and yeah like you said it's fantastic like they uh the like and we like the one at disney's for the same reasons is that it's you know it, it make it keeps the space very um very multifunctional which the one thing though about the uh or i guess it kind of makes sense for the for the cabins is like i felt like the cabins had a lot of space to them and it's like do they really need the murphy bed but i guess the assumption is is that if you're staying at one of the cabins it's not like there's not just two of you staying there right like it's yeah. usually yeah. a larger group so this yeah. this also too like just looking at this picture it looks like there's bunk beds in that side room i see a ladder i think Oh yeah, I, I I thought that was actually like the. I thought that was the master, but yeah, I I was thinking for some reason that it, that there was like um like a barn door there that slid out, and I thought that oh, was part it of it. But but no, you're right. I think it makes more sense that it, that's probably bunk beds because because the uh, the cabins have the bunk beds. Yeah. Well, and it says it sleeps yeah. six, but it also yeah. says there's a separate master. So you would think that that would mean that the bunk beds wouldn't be in the master, but <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I mean, you know, listen, six people, I mean, they, they don't look huge, but they also don't look small. But I, I feel like six people would probably be a little tight in, in this space. I think you'd have to really like the people that you're with to be with six people in there. <laughs> um, you know, and also, by the way, you know, they're saying projected opening summer 2024. The fact that they don't actually have any done yet. I mean, they're going to and there's going to be hundreds of these like that's going to be uh, they're going to have to put these in pretty fast. Well, they may, I mean, to your point, they may have a lot of them built off site and just sitting yeah. and waiting to be sort of yeah. trucked in. Yeah. 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 yeah they're going to do what they did with the contemporary, except it's, uh, except it's, you know, they're not sliding it into the frame. They're just going to drop them in and hook up the plumbing and the electrical and be done with it. Right. Like that's, yep. you're, you're going to see videos of these on trailers on the highway. In oh, 100%. Guaranteed. You're, 100%. People are going to be like, oh, you know, here's the cabins coming to, to Fort Wilderness, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. They, I mean, they look pretty good, though. I mean, if I I, I don't like camping, and uh, this is this is not camping, obviously. So mm -hmm. this would be if I wanted to, uh, you know, quote unquote, rough it a little bit, then, uh, you know, just a little bit, obviously, because this is really not that roughing it. It has uh, air conditioning and such. Um, at least I assume it does. But um but yeah, no, I, I would I would maybe check this out at some point. I've always kind of wanted to stay at Fort Wilderness. It just kind of has a vibe to it. You know, it's a different kind of place. <laughs> so. Now, I'm, as I'm looking at this a little more, the, yeah. there's a lot of windows. Like, like I just noticed yeah. that like, there's a lot of lighting. I hope that they're going to have because the windows go all the way around. Right. Like, the, like there's those upper windows. Yeah. I hope that they have blinds figured out somewhere because yeah, like for me yeah. for me personally like when i want to go to sleep at night i want it dark i don't want to have like you know any light coming in or anything i 
I'm wondering how they're going to do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I yeah. Well, well, I guess we'll have to wait and see, right? Yeah. yeah. We'll have to wait and see. All right. Anything else about All the right. cabins? We, let's go. T- we talk about Epcot. Let's talk about Epcot. Yeah. I'm, I'm ready to talk about Epcot. I'm looking, I okay, always love talking about Epcot. <laughs> let's talk about Epcot. Okay. First of all, I, I don't know if either one of you have looked at any of the videos or I, for, I watched, uh, I watched a live bit. stream of Luminous on the first night. Um, and you I, I liked it. What? You know me. I didn't. You didn't. Yeah. Cause you don't like spoilers. Right. And, and I'll be there in February. I'm not, I'm yeah. not watching it ahead of time. <laughs> I, I really liked it. Um, I don't like it as much as illuminations. Uh, but I, I don't know if there's anything I would like as much as, uh, as illuminations. Um, and I was also still holding out hope that drones were going to happen, but that didn't happen. Um, but you know, it could someday still, um, I, I, I appreciate the fact that they've learned the lesson of harmonious and that they move the barges in and out every day, which is great because as much as I liked harmonious, I didn't love the Stargate that was sitting in the middle of world showcase every day. Nobody um, liked the Stargate. Nobody liked the Stargate yeah. and the tacos. Nobody liked those. <laughs> so, um, and the, the, you know, remember they initially they were like, Oh, there's going to be water features all day. You're not going to notice it. And then like every time I went the there was no water features going. I, I don't know what they what was mm-hmm. going on there, but, but I, listen, I liked it. it. It combines some of the elements of, uh, of, you know, I've watched videos of world of color. I've not seen it, uh, you know, in person, but it's almost like they, they took, the world of color stuff and like put it on barges and, uh, and, and, you know, did a mini version of it. It's definitely not as big, obviously as, as that, but, and it's much further away. Uh, you know, you're not really that close to it, but I mean, there was some really cool fireworks things in it. There were some really cool pyrotechnic effects. Uh, the music I think was, was really well done. Um, I, I liked it. I liked it a lot. I I'm excited to see it in person, but I have to tell you guys, I don't know if you've seen any pictures or videos of nighttime and world celebration. Yes, man. <laughs> it looks incredible. <laughs> it's, yeah. yeah. I, I just, I can't wait to check that out. I've talked enough I, now. You guys can talk. I, I, <laughs> I did not watch any videos. What caught my attention were people who were actually saying they preferred, and I never got a chance to see it, but the prior show at Epcot, not Illuminations, but Epcot Forever. The, yeah, Epcot Forever. No, no, the um, uh, Harmonious. Harmonious. Harmonious, yeah. yeah, yeah, that yeah. they preferred Harmonious to the new show, and I was like, I was scratching my head on that because I, 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 everything I had heard about Harmonious was like, unless you're standing in just the exact spot you need yes. to be, it's like a complete, you know, kind of failure. And then those barges, I every time we were in Epcot and saw those barges, I was like, this is just disaster. <laughs> well, and that was the problem they solved with this new one too. Like, because the the great thing about Illumination Illuminations was that you could watch it from anywhere, right? And they didn't do that with Harmonious, and I think that was a big mistake. And and true, yeah. Because to your point, you could really only get the full effect of that show if you were standing in front of the sc- where the, the screen was on the Stargate, right? Like that was the only time you could get the full effect of the show. This show, they don't have it like that. They have made it once again like Illuminations, where it's you can see it from anywhere and and get the full effect of it. So, um, which is great. And I also love too the the um, uh, Spaceship Earth. The lights on Spaceship Earth also interact with the show as well. So during certain parts of the show the spaceship earth does uh, you know does things with it too which is very cool well i i thought it wasn't just spaceship earth but i thought it was all the lighting it's all of it. world yeah. celebration yeah it's all yeah. it's all synced to the show which that that makes me wonder like i know you watched it tom yeah but i, I didn't wonder, get the full effect yeah 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 that that's what i'm thinking and that's kind of my my thinking around like wanting to go and see it myself in february is uh it feels like the kind of show that you don't like you can watch video of it all you want, but until you actually see it, you don't 
you don't get the full effect, right? Yeah, like yeah. it's so yeah, I'm I'm really curious to see how it how it's gonna look in person. And um the the one thing I'm I'm trying to think about now is you, you know, even though you're right that they don't have the same problem that Harmonious had where you had to be in a specific spot, but I'm wondering if it's almost more beneficial to be kind of back towards um uh world celebration like not necessarily in world showcase watching the show so like watching I, it from I, afar in the gardens yeah, over there yeah yeah like i i wonder i wonder if there is still gonna be or i mean th- there's always like a preferred spot to watch any show but i i wonder how how that's gonna play into this particular show yeah i know what you mean yeah i i just i just saw all these pictures and videos of it at night and it just it just looks so cool <laughs> they, they they really did a, an amazing job with the lighting package in in world celebration and uh you know it, it, during the day i've seen d- during the day pictures too where it's like you know it's it's more you know just regular middle of the park right it's gardens and it's got the lights there and it's got you know the the epcot logo but at night that whole place comes completely alive and i mean trevor i think we've talked about this in the show before like I love the parks at night. Like any of the parks at night are amazing, mm-hmm. right? Like just the way that they light things and, and all that. But this just looks like another, they took it to a whole nother level, especially the fact that they've synced it up with the lights on Spaceship Earth, which I've said many times in the show, and I'll say it again. It's like my favorite thing they've done in a very long time was putting those lights on there and syncing them up to music and doing those little shows that they do. I just absolutely love it. And so the fact that they also have made the lights in the front of the park, uh, go with it as well as in world celebration where they everything is all synced up i mean just it's just awesome i i think it's just very they did a very good job of of uh you know honoring i think old epcot right like and while also moving it into the future you know and they they cranked the light up floor up to a hundred too which yeah I mean, <laughs> which, <laughs> which is all I, all i really wanted from the whole thing is you, you know you know they took out those fiber optics that were in the in the floor on the one side yeah. there and i'm so glad that it's back but even bigger right like agreed that's yeah. yeah i i i feel like like you you know we'll we'll be just standing in epcot at night just looking around like that's that's what you want, right? <laughs> oh yeah, I can stand yeah. in front of Spaceship Earth and watch the the lights on Spaceship Earth for like an hour easily. Just yeah, like the, those yeah. those lights are stunning. They're I mean yeah. they're re- mm-hmm. they're really well done. We we actually were friendly with an Imagineer who worked on that project uh, before he took another job at the company, but uh, he was explaining kind of some of the stuff behind it. It's, just, it. it's stunning. It's just really well done. Really well done. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I I love all the stuff that they've done with Epcot. I'm, I'm excited. I, I really wish they would have kept the original, like the stuff that they had in the original concept art from a couple of years ago, pre-pandemic. Uh, you know, I was excited for a redo of Spaceship Earth, and I'm still hopeful that they're going to do it. They have to, really. I, Spaceship Earth needs a redo, but um, you know, I, I yeah, I and then and then there was that really cool like multi-tier like super futuristic building that they were going to do that they scrapped. But I mean, I think what we've gotten from it is is still pretty good, and I, I think the, the 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 stage that they're building and and you know all, all that stuff that is going to be a nice addition uh, to to the middle of the park. And I'm excited to see Moana too. Actually, I'm I'm excited to see Journey of Water. Uh, I've I've actually heard from a lot of people, even like the some of the more cynical Disney blogs, that it's it's really well done and and feels very Epcot because it's very much edutainment. Uh, which is you know the old school of uh, of 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 Epcot, um. So yeah. Anyway, 
<laughs> I, I hope if they do redo Spaceship Earth, they keep some of the original show elements because it has been instrumental in educating my son on why Wi-Fi is not a right. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> yeah, that, that that is a good point. And, and yeah, I, I agree with you, Brian, that it's, um, you know, it, it's it's a hard line to walk that they, they could completely redo the inside of Spaceship Earth. And I'm sure it would be amazing. But then it's not spaceship earth anymore. Right. It's, yeah. it's kind of the, it's, it's the, the whole thing about, you know, you know, um, I, I forget the analogy now, but it's like, you know, uh, if a boat keeps getting replaced board yeah. by board, is it still the original boat after yeah, every yeah. piece has been replaced? Like yeah. it, that, that's kind of the problem, right. Is that, you know, you want them to do it, but then you also, it's like, hold on, don't, don't touch it too much. Right. <laughs> I mean, I think there's certain things that like, if you take it out, people are going to be mad. Right. Like, like the whole Phoenicians part, like you can't do that. Like they, they have that on shirts. Like you can't take out the thing. Phoenicians, right. Like what if, what if they took out the computer room? How mad would you? Oh, well, that's another thing, right. You can't take out the, the, <laughs> the, the, the woman with the, the yellow, uh, you know? Yeah. Like you can't, you the can't Afro, take her yeah. Yeah, I think they could just put a laptop in her arms and condense the whole computer room down and, and open up a world space for, for new exhibits there. So anyway, I, I highly disagree with that. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, you got to have the spinning tapes and, you know, all the, the yeah. blinking lights and all that. You can't take that out. Um, but, you know, I can't it's, explain it's kind to of my a, kid otherwise. <laughs> it's kind of a fair point, though. Like, what, So if you if you do this to Spaceship Earth, which I, I tend to agree, like, let's update the ride, but keep some of the original show. It's like, World yeah. or not World of Park Carousel of Progress is the same issue, right? But yeah, no one, that, I don't think anyone's true. like, I, I don't know that I haven't heard a bunch of rancor in the community like that ride needs to be redone. Uh, I may not just be paying attention to it, but yeah. Anyway, I well, I I think Carousel of Progress is more low key than than Spaceship Earth because Spaceship Earth is the icon of Epcot, right? Like, and yeah, I feel like Carousel of Progress is off in the corner over there, like the weird spinning thing that some people do and some people don't. Some people go and take <laughs> mm-hmm. a nap in there, which I find disrespectful because I love. I love Carousel Progress. Yeah. Um, I mean, to be fair, it's completely gone in Disneyland now. So. Well, yeah, that's true. But listen, I, I'm just saying it's I, it's one of those things that I feel is classic Disney. And but you're right though; it does need to be updated. They've done little updates here and there, but that last scene is is fairly out of date at this point. They could really use a a, a a you know redo on that. Listen, maybe that's one of the things they have you know in the hopper that and you know redoing Figment and redoing Spaceship Earth. Like, let's hope those are the things that they're going to do. Um, I just hope that they can find room in the soap budget to do these things. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, you know it what? goes back to my comment about they chose to buy a soap formula <laughs> rather than redoing some rides. But yeah, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> we were going to do Spaceship Earth, but we had to buy that soap formula. Yeah. <laughs> Those people it's made out like bad. bandits then. Yeah, they did. Yeah. <laughs> they did, the, the soap formula people. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, listen, I, I like I said, I, I'm, I'm a big fan of what they've been doing with Epcot. I, I, I really feel like they've been trying to be retro with it um you know it, it, we're not we're not gonna get back to like the like super educational stuff that they did like at the wonders of life pavilion back in the day and uh you know like the communicore stuff and all that like it's it epcot's a different park now than it was then but you know it's i i, I like a lot of the things they've done and I, I like i said i liked luminous uh you know but i i'm also i like pretty much most of the shows I've seen at Disney. I mean, I, I liked uh, rivers of light too, and nobody liked that show. So, <laughs> so uh, but anyway, go ahead. Yeah. I was just going to say, I think it's, you know, it's not that there's ever been an awful show like that at Disney. I think there's just varying levels of, you know, some are better than others, but yeah. <laughs> I mean, I do yeah. want to take away. So like, 
the educational aspects of Epcot that persist, I think, are still really great. Like my my son, we went on the mm-hmm. uh, Living with the Land, you know, boat ride, and as we're going through, he picked up on the very same thing that I picked up on when I was like, I was like, that hydroponic stuff is really, really fascinating, right? And he got super interested yeah. in wanting to learn more about it, and so yeah, I hope they don't. I hope they don't retheme everything, if that makes sense. Like, I think well, there's value in some of this stuff. So, yeah. Listen, if they get rid of living with the land, I think we all are going to riot. So, <laughs> yeah. I, oh, there, there, there will be a revolt if that happens. Yes. Like, no, you just can't touch it. <laughs> you can't, you can't get rid of living with the land. I, I, I no, I, I will personally picket that ride. <laughs> I will go down there and I will tie myself to, uh, to one of the plants in the ride until, <laughs> so they cannot take it down. <laughs> Um, not that that's there's any rumors that they would ever do that. I I would be surprised if they got rid of living with the land. That 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 to me is uh, it's small worlds, right? Like that's Epcot yeah, it's, small. It's worlds. honestly, it's honestly one of the few attractions that they don't need to touch because it's kind of stays relevant just through the nature of what it is, right? Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, I think it's interesting to think about Spaceship Earth from the standpoint of might they make a return to the old model of Epcot where you had corporate sponsorships. Uh, like, cause you could imagine someone like Apple turning half of that ride into like one giant advertisement for all that they've done for the world kind of thing. So. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, the back half is just talking about like, and the iPhone four came out this time. <laughs> Have an Apple store opened right at the base of spaceship earth. And you know, I, you know plenty of people they forget dis- those cords they need. <laughs> they have a display oh, no. of uh, a potato uh, powering an iPhone. It's <laughs> like <these big laughs> potato clocks. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's that. That seems like a bad idea. Uh, <laughs> it's weird because I feel like Disney. And we talked about this before. I feel like they've been both getting away from corporate sponsorship and also leaning into it. Like they they have certain things that are more sponsored, but like the rides themselves, like they've been dropping sponsorships. I feel like left and right on those, uh, with the exception of like Splash Mountain. They had Ziploc for a little while there, right? Like that was a recent one. Yeah. But outside of that, like they they got rid of the one on Spaceship Earth. Uh, oh, when actually Tron Tron is sponsored by uh, what Enterprise or something. Oh my gosh, enterprises! Enterprises like I've noticed their ads more and more in the parks when we've been there. So we saw it at Tron, and then we saw it at uh, at Disneyland in um, Radiator Springs. If you walk between Radiator Springs and Mm. Avengers Campus, there's like you know bus style bench ads for Enterprise rent a car as you walk by. I must have quite the deal with Disney. (laughs) I guess. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, any anything else about Epcot we want to talk about? I'm just I, I'm happy yeah. with all the the new stuff, man. I'm just I'm pumped. Yeah, I I think I need to just wait until I go there and see it myself, and then I'll have a lot more to talk about. But I'm good. Then you'll, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. fair. That's fair. I, I put this topic on on here for you, Brian, because this is uh this is a new this is a uh, news that just came out on Friday. Uh, so cruise critic named Adventures by Disney and Disney Cruise Line is best for families in its river cruise category and ocean cruise categories. So. That's not well, surprising, we will, I guess. They've ranked number one quite a bit, right? I, yeah, I think they come in pretty consistently as number one for the family cruise line. It's it's usually big news if for some reason they get, you know, a number one slot in another category. I think last year or two years ago, well, it could have been two years ago. At some point in recent memory, they got ranked like best ocean going cruise line or something like that one year. And not just for families. Uh, and so, overall. yeah, and that's always kind of interesting, especially to us, because I'm like, you know, does it have that kind of broad appeal 
you know, the criticism we hear most often is price and, you know, some other things. And, you know, to be perfectly candid, there are definitely places that Disney Cruise Line is uh, falling behind its competitors in terms of some of its, uh, some of its onboard offerings. Um, but I, I look not surprised to hear that the best cruise line for families, we cruised Royal Caribbean earlier this year with my son. Now I will say he loved it. He loved Royal Caribbean Cruise Line. I hated it. Uh, didn't hate it. <laughs> I did not enjoy it as much, you didn't as, enjoy it as, much. as he did. Yeah, we're, we're giving it another go here this year uh, for his spring break, just because the pricing on Disney Cruise Line is getting so out of control. We could sail the same week in a similar category of stateroom on Royal Caribbean for half the price that we were going to be able to sail on the Fantasy. It wasn't even on the Wish or the Treasure. Uh, and so... We're going to give him one more try, but he loved it. He loved all the activities on the private island. He loved the fact that they had an arcade on board, which Disney Cruise Line doesn't. He actually preferred the kids club because it had a lot more kind of structured activity as opposed to kind of chaos with structured activity. Um, so he he really loved it. So, you know, I think I think that's their main competition in this family cruise line category. But, you know, those kids clubs on Disney Cruise Line are hard to beat. So, yeah. Okay. Well, and Adventures by Disney up there too. So you're gonna you're about to do an Adventures by Disney. So we have heard nothing. I mean, amazing things. So we've we've had several guests on our show who've done Adventures by Disney. I think listening to someone talk about a river cruise is what got us to book the cruise that we're going on. Um, and you know, we've heard nothing but amazing things about the Adventures by Disney experience for for families. I think the the differentiator is that so like for river cruising for example, they contract with another cruise line company called Ama Waterways in in Europe which is a fairly kind of higher end uh river cruising brand on par with like a Viking cruise lines there in Europe. And uh but they have ships that were specially built for the partnership and so on a lot of river cruise lines a room will sleep a max of two people. And that doesn't really work, you know, if you're a family and so on the river cruise boats that uh, Disney is partnering with AMA around, they have rooms that will sleep three, right? Which is is huge if you're a family of three, not having to buy two rooms on a river cruise as opposed to just one, right? It certainly, yeah. certainly helps things out. And then the other thing they do, right, is, you know, river cruising or even adventure vacations where you're on land, like, you know. That's a, it's a lot of like walking around and seeing sites and going to museums, which is stuff that the adults are really interested in doing or, you know, wine tastings. It's, it's a lot of stuff, seeing sites that, you know, kids are going to be like, this is like so boring, right? And uh, <laughs> what they do with the adventure guides is the adventure guides will peel the kids off from the adults and go do some like scavenger hunt activity at the museum or, hey, while well, the adults are wine tasting, let's go do this arts and crafts project over here, right? Kind of thing. And so it's that sort of like built in like, they don't have a kids club, but they have, they sort of make their own kids club wherever they are and try to keep things interesting for the kids. Um, and from everything we've heard too, like the adventure guides are, you know, they're equivalent of like a plaid in the park. Yeah. I mean, they will do just about anything for you. People have said they have their Mary Poppins bag with them all the time. And like, Oh, you need something <laughs> like it's, I've got it right here. I've got 10 of those. How many do you need kind of thing? And so, um, the, the you know the consequences you're definitely paying for the experience. You can definitely visit Europe on a, even a guided tour for a lot less than paying for adventures by Disney. You can definitely go on a river cruise for less than paying adventures by Disney. But you know if you're traveling, like our son is ten, uh, I think we've made a good decision here because I think if I just took him on a regular tour without an adventure guide, I'm, I'm not sure he'd have a lot of fun. Um, so yeah, but we will find out. We will find out. <laughs> yeah, we'll look forward to listening to that. That'll be that'll be good. You know, I'll be honest, um, I, I'm kind of in the camp that I would rather be doing a lot of the kids stuff 
to, <laughs> on, on the, on, like, like an adventure by Disney sounds fun because I would like, I would be in it with my son. Like, you know, like, like you, you know, my, my son's a little bit older than yours, but like, yeah, you know, I, I want to go do the fun stuff. I don't want to do a wine tasting. I want to go do the scavenger hunt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I don't want to do the museum either. I, I, I'm not a museum guy. <laughs> like, Although I, yeah. I, I will say we have heard through the grapevine that uh, there might be kind of a, uh, Adventures by Disney may be kind of reducing its offering a little bit here in the near future, just, you know, kind of culling out the the adventures that aren't haven't been as popular traditionally. I don't know what that means, but I don't know what that means for the future. But, um, you know, they're still going to be offering them. I, I have a suspicion that what's really going on is they do a lot of um, adventures here in the U.S., you know, like go to a cowboy ranch in Montana or uh, they have a couple of different ones here in the U.S., um, the popular one is the one you can do out on the West Coast where you go to Disneyland and, uh, you know, you, you get a behind the scenes imagineering tour of, of the whole, you know, park. And actually, I think they spend some time in San Francisco and elsewhere. But anyway, there's a West Coast tour that's really popular. I have a feeling some of the other U.S. based tours are far less popular uh, as compared to Americans with families who are looking to travel to, say, Egypt or China or you know, someplace like that where planning the vacation is difficult, making sure your kids are going to have a good time might be harder where people kind of lean into that. Uh, I'll pay the premium to have Disney do that for me. So, yeah, makes sense. Yeah, that, that's where it makes sense to me, because, yeah, I don't I don't want to necessarily like try and figure all that out. Whereas, like you said, you know, you know, traveling in North America is like, yeah, I know I know where I can go to you know, do like a ski trip or to, like you said, go to a ranch in Montana or whatever. It's, you know, that's easy. But yeah, if I wanted to go to Egypt, I, I would personally rather, you know, let Disney figure it out for me if they offered something like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So uh, one of the other things on here, and I, I'm impressed by this, by the way, I, I this is, I do they always, I, I'm trying to remember if they've done this in the past or if this is a new thing, but Disneyland has just kind of come out and like given you all of their events for the year and the time and the dates. Like, I feel like this is mm-hmm. surprising to me. <laughs> you know, I mean, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they do this um, every year. I don't remember them doing it I before. Mean, these, these have always been, or I shouldn't say always, these have been a thing for a long time. Um, just the date. I, I like, I feel like they usually yeah. don't announce the dates ahead of time this far. Yeah, I, d- I don't remember seeing like a clear calendar of like when all of these things start. But I, I guess it's just kind of or I guess the way I approach is, you know, whenever we happen to show up at the parks, we just go with whatever's going on. Right. Yeah. You so. don't like you don't like make special trips to go to season of the force Star yeah. for the Star Wars thing or, or Pixar Fest. Like you're not making a special trip for that. Maybe for Christmas or for Halloween. But. I wonder if this is a constant. So I will say two things about this. One is we go to Disneyland quite a bit. So California Adventure is basically turning into Epcot from a festival point of view, right? Yeah, um, and I, the, I would the agree bre- with that. Yeah, <laughs> the breaks between festivals are getting shorter and shorter, and I'm waiting for them to add in a few more. So it kind of becomes a year-round thing, almost like they have at Epcot where the short breaks in between. Um, but I also looked at this and I went, I bet they're doing this to try and attract more people from outside of the local area to come to Disneyland like like plan a vacation here because plan we have these head. events going yeah yeah cuz i, I yeah, cuz i don't think a lot I, I don't think a lot of people who don't visit Disneyland regularly know about some of this stuff that happens every year at about the same time and you know would they be swayed like would they be swayed to come to food and wine festival at disney which you know something we kind of plan around now we're like oh we definitely want to make sure we hit up food and wine uh because it's also typically the time of year they bring back the original soren ride to uh to disneyland uh and so 
I think knowing this stuff is out there is fantastic uh, because I think it enables people to say like, I'd actually like to see that. And now I know when it starts and when it ends and when I need to be there to do it. So, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I, I I like that they do because we we kind of been noticing lately that they've been I don't want to say they've been scheduling things last minute, but they've been at least announcing them not that far in advance. Right. Like and, and maybe that's just a function of them getting it back together after the I mean, still trying to get back to full operational, you know, excellence that they had before with before the pandemic. But I mean, it's it's just interesting to have all of these dates way ahead of time like this so you can know you know, that the holidays start at Disneyland at November 15th and they have this Coco thing from August 23rd to November 2nd and Halloween, August 23rd to October 31st. I mean, like we don't know these dates for Disney world yet, right? Like those, they haven't announced any of that for Disney world. So the fact that they're, they're this far out ahead of it is, uh, is, is pretty amazing. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I wish wish they would do this for cruise line. If I'm totally honest, because right now, Disney's only about 18 months out with its cruises uh, and other cruise lines go two, maybe even three years out, depending on the cruise line with their itineraries. But the other thing Disney does is you'll book a cruise and then six months later, you'll find out, you know, oh, it's a Marvel day at sea or, you know, a Pixar day at sea or it is going to be very merry time. Like you kind of know if you cruise enough when that stuff starts and so can plan accordingly. But they don't label the cruises up front with some of these special experiences. And I think it would change people's like it might change people's behavior. They may book a different cruise because they really want to experience a Marvel Day at Sea. And they just yeah. don't know going in if that's if that's the right cruise to be on for it. So anyway. That, no, yeah, that, I, that makes sense. Yeah. I, I feel like that's a bit of a double edged sword too, right? Like uh like I agree that, you know, knowing all of these things further ahead is, is great for for those of us that, you know, are planning a year out or further. Um, but I can also see where Disney doesn't necessarily always want to be that specific about things that are going on because um, you know, it's it's like uh moonlight magic events, right? Like mm-hmm. when those get announced, um some people do specifically plan around those, but um, like for me, it would be like, am I am I going to shift an entire trip just because of of a particular event? And and again, that that's just specifically talking about like you know going to Disney World, and because of the fact that it like for me it is an international trip because I'm coming from Canada and it it is a lot more expensive. Um, the like I, I have to wonder if Disney doesn't necessarily want to force that kind of demand on like. Because that's what happens, right? Is you know if they, if they if they force it, you know, great, you know, they've got rooms booked up, they've got people booked in for things, but it does actually kind of detract from the overall experience for some people because yeah. you know not everybody is looking necessarily, you know, eighteen months out. And and, and sorry, I'm speaking specifically from uh, like from like a Disney World kind of view. Um, I, I get what you're saying, Brian, that, you know, you know, for something like like a cruise, you know, if you're planning that far out, you definitely do want to know these things because you're kind of you're you're locked in already like 18 months out that you're going to do a cruise. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So I, I get that. But I, I can also see why, like for something like like um, I, I can see why for for Disney World that they don't necessarily want to do that the same way that they're doing it here at Disneyland. Yeah, no, I I get what you're saying. It it's you know you could and you end up too with like Moonlight Magic. Then all of a sudden, a whole bunch of people will book during that time. You know that maybe weren't booked before. You end up with a glut of, you know, people that because people some people do schedule around Moonlight Magic. I do not. It's kind of like and what then, you were saying before. It's like if I'm there, I'm there. If I'm not, I'm not. 
Yeah. And, and, and then there's the, you know, the other side of it is people are frustrated because they're like, well, I wanted to go this week, not even knowing that Moonlight Magic is going on. And they're like, I can't find, you know, uh, our, our room in the place that I want because, you know, all these other people were in there, you know, a year and a half before. And that that kind of goes back to like, like the pre-pandemic thing that we kept hearing about, like fast passes and stuff that, you know, a lot of people were frustrated that it was like you had to be you had to like solidify plans at Disney World, like like even fast passes, like two months out, yeah, and then hope that nothing happened that you had to like break your plans because you you do you do spend way too much time planning ahead, right? Like it's yeah, like I said, it's it is it is a bit of a double edged sword. It's good that it's good that they're giving like this high level stuff at Disneyland, but I don't know if it would work as well at Disney World. I agree. I agree. Yeah. I just, right, maybe well, I'd say it this way. I just wish that Disney would be a little more predictable, maybe the wrong word, because I think they are predictable. But if you don't know that, right, if you haven't been enough, yeah, there, you, don't, there's, you don't know there's the predictability. Time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like you get caught off guard by it. You're like, but I wanted to do that thing. And now I can't do that thing. And, you know, <laughs> so, yeah, I wish they would be a little bit more predictable, like release dates for things consistently, you know, that sort of stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's sometimes it, I mean, I know they kind of operate this way, but it, it like it almost feels like Disneyland and Disney World are like not from the same company, right? Like they 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 do things <laughs> they they do things differently, you know? And it's and you you know, it's almost like they're not under the same umbrella. And it, listen, you to a certain extent you have to do things differently, right? Cuz Disneyland's a whole different beast than Disney World, right? There's different, you know, customer uh, set there's different it's a lot of different stuff there right so like you're you do have to cater more to a, a different audience there but um and you know also just the the size of it is different too i mean like you know operating disney world is operating a city right so it's it's a whole different kind of scenario but so it's funny how these things are different sometimes between the two parks where disneyland's coming out here and announcing all their dates and like we know nothing about what's happening in disney world at any time this next year right Except for maybe uh, Festival of the Arts, I guess, right? Yeah, I think that we. I think we know Festival of the Arts and Start of Food and Wine. I think. Oh, I apologize, farts. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Brian, I call Festival of the Arts farts. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I put it in our show notes uh, when we talked about it the last time, Trevor, and I don't think anyone mm-hmm. noticed because no one mentioned it. <laughs> I called it farts in the show notes. I'm really there's a, mer- there's a merch op- or there's a merch opportunity for you there, Tom. So yeah, there, right? Yeah, <laughs> we need to get something in the store for yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's that's a great idea. Um, <laughs> Disney farts, yeah. Disney farts. <laughs> but then you like put in really small letters next to the F. You put festival, festival. Then, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. yeah, right. Very tiny writing. Yeah, for... just very <laughs> tiny writing. Yeah, <laughs> as, as small as you can get it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh so immature um <laughs> anyway <laughs> um so damon talked about this on on uh damon's little mini show that he's doing uh but uh, so i just wanted to briefly talk about it because i and then we can wrap this up um unless there's anything else you guys want to talk about is there any news items that i missed of the week um but i uh just wanted to mention so as it's funny because i thought these story living communities were one of those things that disney was going to announce and just like not do you know what I mean? Like it was just like a cool concept idea and they actually weren't going to execute on it, but this stuff seems like it's actually happening. And and so they have, they have their story living community opening. Well, that they're building now in, um, in California 
And now they're going to be doing one in my state of North Carolina, uh, actually right down the road from Damon. So Damon's very excited about this. He's already been trying to get me to go in with him on a, on a place, even though they haven't even started building yet. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> it's like, we can split it, you know, we'll just split it. <laughs> um, but you know, it, I, I'm, I'm excited that they're doing this kind of stuff. Um, whether I will buy a place here, I don't know, but uh, I will certainly like look into it when when it does come uh, come to fruition. And it looks like it's uh, going to be in a really cool area, and and I'm sure they're going to give us more details about it as as we go here. But uh, it, it is interesting that they've done, you know, they're doing California and they're doing here um, in North Carolina. So it'd be interesting to see where they do these things next. Um, funny that there's they're not doing it in Florida, but I guess they don't really need to do it in Florida. I don't know. You wouldn't think they need to do it in California either, but well, I'm rambling they, now. <laughs> they have they have done it in Florida. It was called Celebration, well, right? Like, well, and, and they also say, golden isn't, isn't so, yeah, isn't they've Celebration already a thing? Yeah, yeah, well, they did. You're right, but Celebration was like kind of a failure. I mean, right? Like, it's yeah, not- that. But that's what I worry about because when I saw this get announced, my my two immediate thoughts were. Again, really, this is what we're doing. Uh, but okay. But two, <laughs> you did that. You did this with celebration, and they sold it, right? I mean, they basically yeah, they sold. sold it off, right? And I'm looking at these, going, are they going to end up having to do the same thing? They're going to build out kind of the skeletal structure for this community and get some things off the ground, and then they're going to realize we're not really a company that's in the business of doing you know, like outside of uh, timeshare real estate, right? Yeah. And so, like, we just need to we need to let this go and sell it off, like so. I, and I, you know. I don't know enough about this that maybe these are actually being managed by a different company, you know, that sort of thing. And I also, I'd be curious, has anyone said anything about pricing for this stuff? Like, is this no. like Golden Oaks or is this, is this something? It's, it's a good question. It's a good, it's a good question because <laughs> if it's Golden Oaks, you know, like, I, I don't know what the floor is at Golden Oaks, but I mean, at one point it was like 1.2 or 1.4 million. I actually laughed because they sent me an invite one time and I was like, <laughs> What do you think I how do you think I have this much money Disney like just cuz mm-hmm. I come here a lot and spend money you think that I'm going to be interested um but no they I mean they really haven't said right so the the 4000 units at this one uh but I don't think they've given a range so yeah, yeah. I I don't know <laughs> you know you, you kind of hit on something there Brian that you know like you know uh, as I've said previously that I'm always kind of thinking way far ahead on these things and um, so I I equate like how these storybook places are going to eventually come to be is uh, um, so so like here we have um, or so so I live in, in Canada and we, we have um, we have some uh, communities where like they'll, they'll build like uh, like a private um, lake and community center and all that. And it's managed by a homeowners association. But what happens is is that the builder will will build it and they'll run it for like the first five to ten years after the community is built. And it's it's written into the contract when you when you join into the community association that it's like, oh, you know, it's gonna be run by this company. And then and then they like exactly what you're talking about, they do um sell it off to another company that kind of becomes like the long-term homeowner association. And and the thing about that is that it is a bit of a mixed bag as to how it actually plays out because some of the communities it's been like, Oh, you know, the, the people who took it over, you know, that they're still maintaining it. It's a really nice community. And, and like, I I'm, I'm living in a community that's been like this now for, we've been here for, for 20 years and um, it like, it's fine that we don't have any issues, but I know there's other communities 
where they have had issues with how the, the association spends the money and, and this kind of stuff. And th- the problem that I think about is that, you know, a lot of people are going to be leveraging the fact that this is a Disney community. And again, you know, once you get past the initial, like, oh, you know, Disney is running this. And then when Disney hands it off to another partner down the line, are you going to have somebody that's like, well, but this is, this is a Disney community. Yeah. I know we don't spend any money on this or we haven't maintained this, but it's a Disney community, right? Like it, yeah. it, it well, seems like, yeah, it seems like it could be a bit of a trap in the long term to buy into one of these things. I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying that it's a bad thing, but it it is a bit of a gamble that, uh, I mean, I don't know. I would want to take something like that on, on, you know, yeah. moving into a community like this, right? You could have, I mean, you could end up with some brand damage to your point. I mean, you could, yeah. I just want to point out, by the way, I just, I clicked on the link for Cotino for the one in California and it does say upper 1 millions to lower 2 millions. Um, oh, is that the, all? Yeah, is that, that's all. <laughs> I, but I also want to note too, it says pre-sale appointments for the initial home release are now full. So, <laughs> so not only are they million dollar homes, but they have high demand already. Well, so, and I would say this in the California housing market, that doesn't surprise me. I'd be curious what it looks like in North Carolina, right? I, I mean, I know North Carolina has got a robust market. But I'd be curious if that price point comes down there. And I guess, Trevor, you hit on something there that I think is super important for me. I look at this and I go, okay, so Golden Oaks has a value proposition around it, right? Like you're on Disney property, you get perks at Disney, yeah. right? Like all of that sort of stuff. So it's really about like, I want to go live at Disney. This is like, like, what is the difference between living in one of these communities and say, like, the villages in Florida or a yeah. similar kind of retirement? Like, what is the quote unquote Disney difference? What's going to make it different and compelling? Because it feels like, you know, oh, well, we're going to have world class food. Well, so are all these other communities, right? Like, like yeah. what is yeah. the thing that's going to cause me to live here as opposed to someplace else? Because I guarantee there is going to be a premium because the Disney brand is attached to it. And so that's that's what makes me worry and makes me worry more that to your point, like five, 10 years down the line, the thing gets sold and you're basically just living in an overinflated, you know, uh, price point home that you could have gotten into a different community that had all the same amenities and just didn't have Disney attached to it. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Well, let's, why don't we wrap this up? Uh, so, uh, you know, Brian, do you want to plug your show a little bit more so where people can find you and, uh, you know, and th- thanks sure. again, by the way, for coming on. I appreciate it. Oh, no, to talk to you again. So it's been a while. Yeah. I should have said up front, thank you for having me on. So you can find my wife and I, we're the DCL duo. Uh, you can find us anywhere that you listen to podcasts. We have a small but growing YouTube channel at youtube.com slash DCL duo. And we're on social media everywhere except Instagram as DCL duo all run together. But on Instagram, someone had that name. Uh, if, if you're listening to the show, please reach out because I'm trying to get that name. But uh, <laughs> we are DCL underscore duo on that on, on Instagram. But that's how you can find us. And we could put out uh, two shows a week, sometimes three. This upcoming week, we've got three shows coming out uh, all about Disney Cruise Line with occasional forays into Adventures by Disney uh, and uh, comparing other cruise lines to Disney Cruise Line. So yeah, head on over if you want some tips on Disney Cruise Line. Yeah, definitely. They're, you guys do you guys do a really well produced show. So that's uh, yeah, check them out if you want to learn about DCL because they're the, they're the place to go for sure. So. Well, and, and th- thank you for saying that. You are you are definitely uh, one of the shows I listen to for my parks news and my DVC news. Uh, so yes, unfortunately, we're not buying any more DVC. I think I said up front we have <laughs> you're maxed out we have over a th- <laughs> have over a thousand points of DVC at this point. So oh my we gosh. are uh, we are on hold for any future yeah. DVC purchases. <laughs> yeah. You're good. <laughs> yeah, that's that's, that's 
a lot. That's a lot of points. Yes. It is. It is. We we bought a little too much at Riviera in the beginning. So yeah, <laughs> you went a little. Those incentives were a little too good. Uh, <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, so Trevor, you want to wrap us up here? Yeah, for sure. Uh, so. As usual, you can always find us at welcomehomepodcast at gmail.com. We love getting your, uh, you know, you share your trip reports with us. We love getting questions from you guys. So you can always uh, reach out to us there. Uh, if you want to follow us on social media, you can find us on Facebook as Welcome Home Podcast. You can find us on YouTube also as Welcome Home Podcast. And you can find us on Instagram as Welcome Home Picks. Uh, on Facebook, make sure you check out our group called Welcome Home Disney Waitlist. It's a great place to go and talk about Disney with other people who listen to the show and, you know, see all the memes and fun stuff that goes on in the group. And if you'd like to help support the show, you can go to store.welcomehomepodcast.com and check out our different merch there. We do still have the golden birthday button for, uh, or the golden, I should, I should stop calling it the golden birthday button. I keep doing <laughs> that. That I, I blame Damon for that because that's what he or it's the golden button shirt, it's golden. but it's only in the store until the 15th. So you've got till the end of this week from when this podcast comes out to, uh, to go get it. If you want your own, uh, uh, limited edition shirt, uh, outside of that, if you would like to support us through Patreon, you go to, go to patreon.com slash welcome home pod and check out our different levels of Patreon support that has an exclusive, uh, logo that only our Patreon listeners get. And, uh, all the people who support us on Patreon do get access to the Discord server, like we talked about earlier, which is just another place that we have uh, great talks about uh, things on the show and just general Disney discussions. So if if that's of interest to you, please, uh, please come check us out. And last but not least, uh, if you're listening on iTunes or Spotify, leave us a five-star review. It does help more people find the podcast, and uh, we like seeing stars. They're just shiny, and, you know, why wouldn't you? It makes me happy. Um, yeah, yeah, it makes, it makes Tom happy. So, you know, you know make sure you, you listen, to, you know, make sure you give us the, those five-star reviews. And if you do uh, happen to be on iTunes, you know, you can write us a review. We do love reading those reviews. We do read them out on the show here. So, um, uh, you know you know, please let us know what you think about the show. I, I got a couple of, a couple of shout outs here, Trevor, before we right. finish up. So for, I want to start doing a meme of the week. Cause I feel like the meme game has been good lately. And I, yeah. I have to say, uh, Jeremy's meme of, of my daughter, uh, you know, and like Land of Peppa Pig land, uh, did that meme <laughs> with the, with the guy looking, I, I, I don't know. Is the, does that meme have a name? I don't know. It's the guy the, that's walking down the street and looking at the other woman and the, and his girlfriend's like, yeah, yeah it's disgusted. <laughs> yeah. So Jeremy knocked it out of the park with that one. Nice work. Uh, I do also want to read two emails we got. Uh, so we got an email from Logan, uh, who is 11 and said, uh, I love listening to your show. And I think you're one of the best Disney podcasts out there. Y'all are so funny and bring the magic of Disney alive. I always enjoy starting off my week by listening to your podcast on the way to school. Uh, I wish this podcast had a new episode every day, but that would be hard and would burn the anticipation. And it would be, it would be hard. Yeah, that would be tough. <laughs> um, but, you know, uh, Logan's also wants to be on the show at some point. Maybe we can make that happen, Aww. Logan. And uh, uh, Logan said, I would be happy to help. I have lots of knowledge about the parks and know lots of good secrets. Did you know the original MGM Studios was on a massive hidden Mickey from above? I did know that. And it is one of my favorite fun facts. So thank you, Logan. Yeah. Oh, but, uh, wow. That, thank you so much, Logan. That that just that really touches my heart that yeah you wrote that. yeah That's oh and also awesome. logan says again i love the podcast and and i hope you keep up the good work and p.s i'm team food thank you logan <laughs> 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 so many people are team food damon damon's out of his mind <laughs> <laughs> 
And then the other one I wanted to to uh, to to just you know shout out is um, is to Anna or Anna. I, I apologize if I said your name wrong, but uh, she just wanted to email us to tell us how excited she was that she got her reservation for Moonlight Magic. So congratulations to oh, you, Anna. That's awesome. Congratulations. <laughs> yeah, that's, so happy that's... for you. Great news. Great news. I hope you enjoy it. Uh, should be should be a fun time. So uh, definitely let us know how that one goes. So, uh, yeah, so I just wanted to read those couple ones out. I was a little bit behind on emails because the past couple weeks have been a little crazy. So, yeah. Um, but, yeah, thank you guys so much for writing into us. We really appreciate it. We also appreciate the reviews, too, when you do reviews. So. Um, and also, the, you know, the other thing we appreciate is for subscribing to Welcome Home Podcast. So please do that so you can be reminded every time we release a new episode. Find us on uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, TuneIn, Stitcher, Spotify, YouTube, YouTube Music. Just about any place you can find podcasts, you can find us. Uh, just a reminder, to our, a reminder to our listeners, Welcome Home Podcast is for entertainment only. We are not employed by the Walt Disney Company. As such, all opinions we expressed on the show are our own. So please consult a DVC representative or Disney cast member for more information about anything we talked about today. Huge thank you to our sponsor of this episode, DVC Resale Market and uh, World of DVC for continuing to be huge supporters of the show. Uh, please check them out for all your DVC needs. And of course, please check out DCL Duo for all your DCL needs. That's that's an important thing as well. I think, Brian, you guys have a Facebook group too. So right uh, around uh, DCL. Yeah. Yep. You can find Go it. Go uh, your Facebook group. Yeah. Yeah. Facebook group is uh, DCL duo it's either podcast and vlog or vlog and podcast but we've got a uh, just an open facebook group that you can come join and lots of great tips and tricks get shared in there by uh, nice. by our various listeners and us awesome awesome join us next time for more disney park discussion of course more dvc talk we hope to see you all real soon this is skipper albert a wall the voice of the jungle signing off from welcome home podcast on the dvc when we hit a chair how she can cuddle is no man's affair.